Welcome to the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, where we feature expert thought leaders and cover the best strategies, stories, and psychology you need to land big ticket clients. Because as you know, you can't catch a whale with a worm. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, and it is my privilege and honor to present today Mr. Matt Zagula. Matt is the CEO and creator of the Smart Tax Reduction uh, Strategy and System. And Matt, we want to hear all about it. How are you today, Matt? I'm really great. How are you, my friend? I'm doing really good. And Matt, where are you located right now? I know you're always traveling all over the world. Where are you at this moment? You know, I'm just a little north of Pittsburgh right now. You're, you're Pittsburgh? Okay. Yeah, Pittsburgh, well, Pennsylvania. That's where I, I, I mostly work out of there. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. So, Matt, it is an honor to have you. And remember that we met, you were teaching a, a sort of a, a, a mini training at a More Clients, More Fun uh, Mastermind. And I yeah. was just amazed at, at your wealth of knowledge and your wealth of implementation of what you were teaching. So we want to hear all about it. But before we start, Matt, can you tell us? sort of where you came from. What's the Matt Zagula story? How did you come from there to becoming one of the top wealth advisors in the nation? Well, you know, I, I've come from, I come from a very small town. I, I'm from um, a little town in West Virginia called Weirton, West Virginia. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting community, very industrial. And uh, growing up, I think it was, uh, you know, it was, it, this is certainly not an affluent area. It's a very uh, modest area, you know, and uh, but I think there was a lot of good coming from a small community like that. And I saw a lot of hardworking people and I saw a lot of people that, uh, you know, that, that worked hard and ended up not on the right side of the of the of, of the tracks on how they should have ended up in their lives. You know, and uh, I think when we we really reflect on where we're from, it does shape our future. And I had a great mother and a great dad. My my mom was a Marine, so I was more afraid of her, even though she was about four foot ten. Wow. Um, I mean, if you got a Marine that's a woman that's 78 years old, you know she's a tough bro, right? <laughs> um, my dad was a Navy man, and she would always tell uh, him that, you know, she was a, a tougher version because she was a Marine. <laughs> that's true. But I really I really had a great, great upbringing and uh, got into uh, financial services at a time where the world was, you know, it was the 90s, the late 90s, and um, took a job at a company called Guardian, and I, I, I had just a really great mentor there, mm. and I, and back then, uh, there was a lot of training, so we had sales training, we had uh, um, a, a gentleman who came in who talked about the psychology of why people say yes and no, mm. and I really immersed myself into that culture of, of understanding mostly why people say yes and no, and uh, the product training, the ability to be able to place sales became a natural extension of understanding how to interact and behave with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's pretty darn simple. You know, I think you know it, which is you just got to be giving and nice and kind and look at things from their perspective. And that that's sort of been, you know, the the um, catalyst for my career. And it was because I had no choice. My mother would have beat me when I was little. <laughs> she she would have she would have put you right, right? She would have made sure. Yeah. So uh, no, that's that's kind of my upbringing. That's a little bit of a long story. I, I, it's a weird question because I usually talk with people about finance, and no one cares about that stuff. So. No, I know, and you know, you, but you, but you know what's funny? Your story. Look, it's so fascinating that. 
people have to hear it. For example, you are a Forbes published author of the, the book Smart, S-M-A-R-T, which is like a, it's almost like a Bible among some communities in the financial world, right? You don't just show up there on day one. There's a story that, that something got you there. And that's why we want to hear that. But given that, can you tell us about the Smart uh, book and the system and what that all means? What is that? Well, I, I think that, you know, we're here with your community of people that are in the marketing business. Mm -hmm. And I said something a moment ago that I think is really, really critical in um, in our job in helping other people get what they want. And I think when you really focus on what other people want, that book, the strategic movement around retirement taxation, it does have a little bit of a cult like following and as a cult like following amongst what I would call the tax aware advisor mm -hmm. and the tax aware advisor is the advisor who goes that extra layer above and teaches their client not only you know how do you allocate your money how do you do this or that but understanding how different types of taxed vehicles work together and quite frankly tax is the largest uh, thief of our wealth and thief of our income so managing that in a tax aware way makes a lot of sense. But when I wrote the book, it wasn't about authority building. And I mm -hmm. think that's the majority of books are written to enhance the author's authority. I mean, heck, the word author yeah. is in the word authority, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. um, but I really did as much as I could to mute myself. I don't have any response mechanisms. I don't have anything that brings itself back to me. Mm. It's about the core concept. And um, the reason I did that was I didn't want to build authority or celebrity for myself. What I wanted to do was to make awareness around the concept of tax awareness and how you utilize things like, you know, Roth, uh, Roth 401ks and um, other tax free insurance based products to help people um, really have a better life. Yeah. So when I wrote it, I wrote it almost as if a well-written uh, professional, because I got a lot of help. I'm not that good of a writer, but I had wonderful people helping me. Uh -huh. um, I did it in a way that it was almost a sales letter. Mm. Uh, not, a, not a overt sales letter, but a soft sales letter so that the people that I serve, which in this case are the is the community of advisors that I work with, um, that it, this became a way for them to start the conversation with the client about something maybe that in the past they've struggled talking talking about mm -hmm. and give them a head start. And certainly it doesn't get you all the way there, yeah. but it gets you 50, 60, 70% of the way there. So it makes the conversation easier. So that book is kind of special. And I want to say that what I love about what you're saying is a couple of things. First of all, you're describing an intentional use of psychology. Even though you were writing a book, you were doing it for a purpose that was based on how people respond, you know, the psychology of the situation. The only thing you're saying, and I mean, loving this is instead of just writing a book that makes Matt Zagula a star, you wrote a book that would make, make your ideal clients, the financial advisors, a star in the eyes of their end clients. And guess who, who they joined to continue to feel and get that information? It's Matt Zagula. So I think your your purpose is a couple of steps removed from the authority thing, but it's powerful as heck. And I love it. Yeah. You know, to a large extent, I think that um, behind the scenes authority where people know, mm -hmm. but you know, nobody likes an, an arrogant person. Nobody mm -hmm. likes somebody who, even if they're a winner, you know, even if they're a big winner, mm -hmm. um, you know, people celebrate when a big winner goes down. 
if they're arrogant. You know, yes. what you want to do is you want to help lift people up. And I think that that's book was one part of it. You know, I built a whole infrastructure behind it mm-hmm. for them to plug into with emailing systems and, you know, training and, you know, word, uh, word associations that they should and shouldn't use mm-hmm. that are either psycho euphoric to the people or psychophobic. So they don't say things that turn these folks off, you know, so they can keep the momentum of that book going favorably, because I truly believe 100% in my heart that the message of the book, whenever it's followed through by the advisor in the appropriate way, that end person that's you know buying into that plan, into that tax awareness model is getting exceptional value. So it's not like I'm helping them make a sale to make them money so that they would give me money. It was really more because I think that end consumer, that end client is benefiting exponentially more than anybody. And I wanted the best chance for them to be able to communicate with them so that they could get to the finish line. I think that's really the key. I mean, and I think Zig Ziglar said something like, and I'm terrible at quotes because I always misquote them. But if you you give people what they want, you'll get everything that you want. And and I think that's so true. You know, you just got to plug into, and sometimes it's hard to check your ego and your, 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 and stuff at the door. But when you do it and think about who am I trying to help? Yeah. Yeah. What's the message I'm trying to position? It gets, you know, it gets, well, it's more fun for me. That's what <laughs> you know, you know, what's interesting is back when you did that training, when I first met you, you made what for me was a really groundbreaking statement. You said all these folks that are out here trying to get their own sort of online fame and, and, you know, claiming they have millions of dollars in the bank and all this really aggressive stuff that's really nonsense, that those people actually turn off, as you said, the psychology does not work for big ticket clients. Of course, that's the focus of our show is you described a scenario in which big ticket clients are completely turned off from that kind of online behavior. Can you tell us more about the mindset that you've used to achieve your success that others need to use so that they avoid turning off big ticket clients? Well, I think there's you know multiple paths into the mind of the consumer. But if I'm going to spend a lot of money, I think the message needs to be to me simply, what's in it for me? Mm. You know, instead of an association sale where... You know, I come on and I go, hey, I've got this giant, you know, um, I got this giant Bentley convertible <laughs> yeah. in this million house. And oh, my God, there's three girls that are just dancing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If I'm, if I'm a chump and I want to have a fantasy that I'm going to be that guy, sure. But, you know, if I've already if I've got money to write you a big check, you need to be communicating to me what's in it for me. Absolutely. You know, not what's not. Hey, my life is so awesome. Don't you want to be me, too? Now, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I have um, opted into some of the most uh, offensive um, offenders of that lifestyle sales model. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously it works because they're, they're getting a lot of sales. The question is, you know, for me, it's not making a sale. It's making a relationship. And then now that this person is plugged into me, you know, for me, it starts with a book. They buy one book. Yep. And the next thing you know, they're in my smart advisor tools group. Mm-hmm. And when they're in my smart advisor tools group, they may ascend into my smart advisor network. And, you know, now we're talking about levels of um, of me proving to them that what I've given to them is valuable to them. Mm-hmm. You know, not me selling them. I hate the word upsell. Mm-hmm. I know. Isn't it? Maybe it's like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the word, you know, it's, it's I'm earning my way up. You know, you bought my book and you didn't think it was terrible. I actually had a guy call me. He was a, tax lawyer and said, I think your book's terrible. Oh, really? Like, oh, really? I, 
fantastic. I go, I'm really sorry. I said, well, I said, why? And he said, well, I think this is wrong and this is wrong. You should have been thinking of this and you should have. And it was really an extrapolation, not that the book was bad, but I didn't go far enough. For it. So for him, it was a terrible read. So I said to him, I said, you know, I got a guarantee. He goes, yeah, I, I, I saw that. I go, I'm going to send you the money. And I said, I FedExed him the money. And he called me back. He says, you didn't have to FedEx. And I go, I know I didn't. And I said, but I wanted you to have the money. I said, well, and he said, well, why? I said, well, you're the first person that ever asked. I said, and I, and I made that deal and I live up to, and I honor my deals, you know? Yeah. So um, you got to live, like when you make a guarantee, if you get called out on it, mm -hmm. which by the way, I've sold, uh, I bet you I'm about 40,000 books or so uh, mm -hmm. this last year mm -hmm. and, and last year and a half or so. And I, and I have a one return. Wow. So to me, honoring my commitment was as important. But, you know, that one book for a bunch of people that read it became mm -hmm. a program. And that program has helped a lot of people generate a lot of, you know, suitable, smart business for uh, that's helping their clients. Absolutely. And those people are like, hey, can I get more? And the answer is, yeah, I got one more level, you know. And, and so and that's really where people work directly with me. And, uh, you know, that so it's, it's just about doing the right thing and earning my position within them. And some people I'm not right for and I, I get it. You know? Yeah. You know, and, and you mentioned the idea of switching from the whole, you know, quick sale, small ticket strategies, as I call them, um, to more of the relationship building strategies. You know, what would you if, if you were to pinpoint one or two or maybe even three, if you'd like, of the biggest challenges that your ideal clients end up having when they first meet you? What what would those big, big challenges are? The things that are stopping them from success. Obviously, there's information that you're bringing to the table. There's coaching. There are things they don't have. But when they do get those, are there some mindset or some other blocks that they're struggling with initially? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, so <laughs> you all are in the business of marketing high-ticket products, right? Yeah. So one of the things that it, it, there is three things. It's funny you said three things. Yeah. I, and I don't think I talked about this on the other call. Okay. But I, I just had this conversation literally 35 minutes ago. Oh, wow. And I said uh, to a group of people that I'm very close to, I said, look, you know, every day there is one behavior that I, I do that I write down on a piece of paper and then I throw it in the trash. And I write it down not to throw it in the trash because there's no symbolism to it, but the writing it down reminds me of what my job is. Okay. Mm. And it's number one, I need to see people. Okay. In order for me to, to facilitate business, I need to see people. The second thing is when they see me, they want to see me again. Ah. Okay. And the third thing is after they see me, they want me to advise them. And so what I was explaining to them is the, the reason why you plug into professional marketers the reason why you engage people to help you see people is because when I finally win a client, I sit down with them and I learned this line from the, just the most talented, one of the most talented guys that I don't know in our industry, a guy named Jamie Chesser, who's just a phenomenal advisor. I don't even know where he's from. Mm -hmm. And he said these words and I said, please stop. Will you please say that slowly again? I'm from, you know, West Virginia, and I need to write this down. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, credit where credit is due. Jamie mm -hmm. Chesser is a, a, a brilliant man. And he said, you know, when I sit down with a client, because I'm almost all referral base, mm -hmm. he's a few years older than me and um, he's been around for a long time. And he's just really super, uh, he's just one of those guys, when you meet him, you're like, yeah, I trust him and like him. Yep. But he says, you know, um, most advisors spend 90% of their time trying to figure out where their next client is coming from. Mm -hmm. uh, and 10% of their time advising. 
Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I spend 99% of my time advising and less than 1% of my time ever thinking about that. Mm. He said, in uh, just the same way that Will and Betty introduced you to me, uh, if you ever run into a friend or a family member and are talking about anything financial uh, at all, and you think that I may be of service, regardless of they're fabulously wealthy or, or, or just earned their first dollar, mm-hmm. you know, just tell them that you had a really good experience with us and more people that you know, like, and, and can trust. And, and please share my, my contact information with them. Yeah. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, what's, what, he's so right. It's not just a great referral getting line. Mm-hmm. What's great about that is he's right about the industry. Our industry is filled with people who have they act so confident, but they have so much doubt in their minds about where their next client is coming from. So they Absolutely. they are incentivized to sometimes do the wrong thing because they're a hungry wolf, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, so the reason you hire professional marketers is so that when uh, they can figure out how you see people. So I, I I always walk around with this little picture of this cartoon lady, and she's right here. I'll pull her. Mm-hmm. I'll embarrass myself. That's yeah. Sally. Well, and okay. I say, if you could hire Sally for 27 grand a year and outsource your marketing mm-hmm. and she says, Hey, I'm going to get 250 people to say, I'm interested in you this year. And she doesn't want benefits. And mm-hmm. at the end of the year, you can disengage with her. Why in the world would you not hire Sally? Unless you didn't believe you had the ability to make those people see you again. Mm. Unless you didn't believe you had the ability to make those people decide that they want you to advise them. And if that's the problem, thankfully, we've got the three best coaches in America here to make sure that that's not a problem. Because you may fail, you may fall on your face like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you do, you got people here to pick you back up and learn from your mistakes and get better. So hire Sally, outsource that. Yeah. Don't spend 90% of your time thinking about that. Become great at what we really do, which is advising. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Matt, you know, as I listen to you talk about several processes, I want to bring attention to your process and I'll tell you why. I think you have something ingenious there. You know, you mentioned it, but I want to kind of magnify it. Number one, you said it all starts with a book, right? If we could talk about your funnel, sort of what is that sort of process that you figured out works so well? And I'll just reiterate and see if I'm, I'm on the right track. You start with a book that's not about you, right? It, it's really something that your ideal clients can spread. So you're spreading a community already right there. Then you go into a community, you bring them into a community, and then you build them up into different levels of relationships. How did you discover that successful formula and how does that work? I mean, that's amazing. Well, you know, I, I had a, a wonderful three-year um, work uh, relationship and friend, and still to this day, very close friendship with Dan Kennedy, who oh, uh, yes. Dan and I um, worked together side by side for three years, working for a $5 billion company, training advisors on how to market. And, uh-huh. um, and although my methods are different today than that direct response um, methodology. That's not something that, you know, that I created. It's something that I learned uh, by observation from watching Dan. Um, Over the years, I've become friends with a lot of high level marketers. Uh, Frank Kern's a friend, you know, he's just a really wonderful guy. He's kind of silly and goofy in his approach and his marketing, (laughs) but don't let him fool you. That guy is just straight up smart, you know. And and, and it works. Whatever he does, really, really, really good, you know. And uh, so I think that the 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 real 
interesting thing about the funnel is it just makes sense. You know, you need a micro commitment before you get a, a major commitment. Mm -hmm. And um, and it should be based on information. It should be based on a common belief system. It shouldn't be forced. It shouldn't be based on if you do what I do, A, B, C, and D, you're going to have a Bentley and a mansion and three beautiful <laughs> women in your hot tub. Uh, it should be based on, you know, these principles work. We're going to give you a roadmap. Mm -hmm. um, you've got to work with coaches to um, enhance the understanding of how they apply specifically to you mm -hmm. because not everybody's the same. So my style, even though a lot of people try to like emulate my selling strategies, they're all form based. So when I teach an advisor, mm -hmm. there's always going to be a form, a one page form. And I'm sorry, it's kind of transparent, but yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it's I'm going to give them a form, a sheet to work through so that the the mathematical solution is correct the mathematical solution is suitable it's responsible it's well thought through mm -hmm. but i teach them what i would say but i tell them you know bring your personality into the table because people buy people mm. and i think that you know there are certain people that maybe wouldn't buy from me that certainly would buy from someone super talented like my dear friend in chicago rick law and zach hesselbaum or mm -hmm. Nancy Brunetti down in Florida. These people are exceptional human beings and some people just are more likely to take to them than to me. So, yeah. um, and that's okay. You know, that's, that's human nature. And I'm not one of those people that say, you know, um, you know, if we don't get a sale next, I'm not that guy, you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I'm, I'm, I'm not happy. You know, I'm like, yeah, what did I do wrong? So I, I, one of my greatest, um, um, follow-ups with everybody when things go wrong is I apologize. I say, you know, I, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, but somewhere along the way, I must have done something wrong or something got derailed. And um, there's a gentleman who kind of taught that to me named Ari Gulper. Mm. And Ari is a really talented person. And and and, I, and he, Ari has a whole system and it's, a, it's more in depth. But for me, it was understanding that at the end of a transaction, if something goes wrong, you say you're sorry. You know, I'm, uh, you know, somewhere along the way, something didn't go right. Yeah. I believe life. We can't get you know better and improve unless we know the truth. If I did something, would you share it with me? Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Number one, you can learn what you need to work on. Mm -hmm. But even more so, sometimes people say, I just got busy, man. I didn't want not want to buy from you. <laughs> yeah. So I've made it a habit to try to apologize as much as possible because I, it's it's a really it's a really good good way to go. And and I think in a world full of you know testosterone full filled, filled marketing yeah. where it's or big cars, big, big everything. Um, everybody wants to be like, well, I'm the man, you know, and that, that that's not the way to do it, man. You you want to be a humble servant that provides exceptional value. Yeah. That's, that's my approach. You know, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, mention specific figures, but you are one of the most successful uh, advisors I've come across. And, you know, you, you, you don't boast about it. You, you just, you, you just serve people. Now on that note, you mentioned here something that I think is very important. First of all, um, you said people buy people. Okay. You also uh, have talked very glowingly about your connection with Dan Kennedy, who I'm actually a student of as well. And I wonder what is your perspective on the people by people, the idea that you have to develop yourself. Do you, do you actually provide that kind of development for the people you work with because you know how important people are in the whole equation of, of success? Well, it's interesting. I, I, I have a presentation coach who, 
if if somebody is struggling with that transition from seeing the people the first time to converting them to want, wanting them to see them again, I could give them some advice. But you know, Pat is the uh, Pat Quinn is the greatest in the world. That I I mean, he is literally the greatest in the world mm-hmm. at teaching you how to communicate a compelling message for um, for response. Mm-hmm. Um, now, also, what's his name again? Pat. Uh, what's his Quinn. last name? Quinn, Quinn. Q-U-I-N? Yeah. Q- yeah. Okay. And, 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 uh, okay. You know, and, and I, I honestly, and because I like you, I, I'm sharing names. Uh, yeah. I don't even like to say his name because I don't want to get him more busy. <laughs> I want to take all of his time. Like, yeah. Well, you, you want to know one thing that you, you're doing as a pattern that I'm noticing. You give a lot of credit to other people. And right there is a people thing, right? People, yeah. that's powerful that you do that because it makes you someone that um, you share, you know, you support yeah. others. He, he, well, this guy is the greatest. And I mean, and I can't hide him under a bushel, even though I want to, um, <laughs> you know, but he's literally, he is this next level in understanding communication skills. He blows me away. I'm so complimentary of him. Sometimes I think in the beginning, he thought I was like kind of just stroking his ego because I wanted something from him. I was stroking his ego because I was blown away. I'm like, you're amazing, dude. You're like, I mean, I like you, like I've been at this a long time and there's stuff you said that is so right. And I mean, I see it like he, he just comes and he'll touch you and implant little things in your head. And then you're just so much better. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is he's so ethical and kind and charitable. This is just a phenomenal person. Now, some of the people he coaches, I know they're not as good as him, but I mean, as good as him as a human being, because yeah. he trains some of the biggest names in marketing that I, I'm not privy to say, because he's asked me not to, but I mean, I, I mean, he trains preachers on how to present on TV. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's amazing. Now, and I like to believe that those people are there for the right reasons. I think a lot of them are, but um, you know, but he's amazing. You know, um, what he's done is incredible. And then from two to three, after they uh, want to see us again, and now they want to make that transition to um, uh, to you know um, the uh, wanting us to advise them, mm-hmm. that's a sales process. So it depends. If they're struggling with the techniques financially, I'll coach them personally. But if they're struggling with how to word the process and walk the client through, the best guy in the world that I know is Jeb Blunt, and mm-hmm. Jeb is the author of Objections and. Uh, sales EQ. And I think his latest book might've been fanatical prospecting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's a good book. I think the uh, book objections was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeb's a, um, somebody I brought in and paid a lot of money to speak and we've become friendly thereafter and have created some, we're working on creating some co-branded um, sales um, process training for advisors because I could never be as good as him. Mm-hmm. You know, he just has an innate, he studied this at a level it's his lifelong commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why he's built such a huge company. Um, and um, recently somebody shared something with me. I want to share with you and your folks. I, I read the book and I'm, I don't know if you have yet, but essentialist, have you read that book? No, I have not. Um, who yeah, is this is a phenomenal book. Essentialist was written by, and I'm kind of obsessed recently, by the way, with audible, which mm-hmm. you guys might laugh. Cause I mean, yeah. like there's nothing new there. Right. Yeah. But to me, it's kind of new because um, I didn't know about it. I love audible. It's a great way to, Well, you know what, it, you know, what's amazing about it is the fact that um, when you listen to a book, it's different. So I, I just uh, was, I've been trying to exercise more and get myself a little more 
physically fit because I had it was getting a little fat and then I really love fat. So I said, that's enough of that. So I, I started to listen to audible for an hour while I wa just walked on the treadmill, nothing like high intense, but it's essentialism by Greg McCowan, M C K E O W N. Okay. And uh, I really, man, if you have a, a group and you know, you guys get together regularly above and beyond like a mastermind group, I would study that book. I, I, it is really, somebody gave it to me. It started out and I'm like, eh, this is that kind of new age kind of, yeah, stay focused. Don't lose your, but it morphs into something special. And I, I really, I was really impressed with that. But about Audible, I was, uh, I, I listened to Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. And I've read it, you know, a bunch of times, like a bunch of people in business have. But when you listen to it, it's a whole different experience. A whole, whole different thing. Your voice is so awesome. Yeah, you know? yeah. You, I love this, you know? You know, it's funny. I was actually a, a VP of marketing at Dale Carnegie Training. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh yeah. So I, I, list, I read it. I taught it. I listened to it. And the best experience by far for me personally it was the was the you know being able to listen and just sort of oh, immerse my myself in his voice it was amazing i love this guy's voice like i don't it's amazing it's, <laughs> it's incredible you know so um so anyways, so, right. so 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 we've talked about you know people buying people you've talked about the fact that you got to develop yourself in terms of the way you present <laughs> the way you the way people experience you right now, what does success look like for folks who are either just regular uh, coaches and consultants who want to be, you know, move into the big ticket world or financial advisors who want to be successful? What does success really look like, you know, from your vantage point, Matt? It's, it's different for everybody. I don't know. For me, um, I don't know that it's quantifiable. I don't mm -hmm. know that it's something I don't know. That's a good, that's an excellent question, by the way. You ask excellent questions. You're a, <laughs> a very bright guy. Okay, uh, and, and some of those like, kind of deeper, smart questions I haven't thought about. Um, I'm a little bit, uh, I consider myself a little bit of a grinder uh, mm -hmm. where I just kind of come in and I stay extremely focused on what I need to do uh, to get to a level up. And I think that the bigger question maybe that I might think of in your question, and, it, and it's not a direct answer. And I apologize, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, for most people that are sitting there saying, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of grinding it out down here. And I really like to be up here. Yeah. Um, I, I find that there's, there's this one major barrier between here and where they want to be their belief that they can ask for it. Ooh. Yeah. So they just, you know, it, you'd be surprised what you can get if you ask for it. No, no, wait, wait, wait. This is deep here. You see, because a lot of people talk about belief, but you're, you're extending this. You're saying that they can ask for it. First of all, what are they asking and from whom? That's, that's deep for me. You know, so you have a client that you say, man, you know, this client's a really good one. And they're and this person or this group of folks is better than, than I ever expected. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and boy, you know, I'm starting to attract some people and I wonder if I could, I wonder if they would join a, you know, uh, $2,000 a month mastermind. Yeah. You know what? There's a really good way to find out. <laughs> Ask. <laughs> Would you like to do it? Uh, yeah. So I, I actually, you know, and this is kind of crazy. And, 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 and I'll, I'll ask you this, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was weird. I, I was listening to audible and I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if there was like 20 people who were like really smart people and you created like, I don't know, something cheesy, like, I don't know. A millionaire book club or something. And yeah. what you did was 
you listened to a book or you or you read a book, you, you went to a place where you couldn't be distracted and everybody had to put their cell phones in a box. Yeah. And then the cell phone that they hid, they'd have to put in a box. Mm-hmm. So there were no distractions. And it was you read this book in these beautiful places like, you know, uh, like you guys. I know you guys went to Hawaii. And stuff yes. And yes. Things. And you, you put yourself into an environment of beauty and peace and tranquility and you would read a book. And you would concentrate on the book individually. So everybody's on their own and you still get together maybe. And you give yourself a time frame. You got to get this book done or listened to by this time. And then the author would come in Ooh. and talk about the book. Yeah. You know, I started thinking like experience, you know, an, experience, an experience type club where people that were like-minded in like their drive for you know life happiness or humanity or health or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you, you would find the people in those categories and really focus on that. And the reason I tell you that was – I thought about that. And I started putting a pen to paper and I thought, okay, you know, I know whenever I hired Jeb, you know, his, his rate was 35,000. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I've, I've worked with Dr. Cialdini, who's a, a genius and I love yes. him. Yes, I love him. Kid, who yeah. I just adore. She's you know, beautiful and yeah. bright. She's just amazing. So all these people that have written these books that, that, that people would get something from. And I said, okay, if you know, if you average 35,000 for three of them, and then you found one that's like major, like a hundred thousand, like mm-hmm. a, big so you know you got you know you know you're looking at about a couple hundred thousand in fees there plus the travel it starts to add up where people would have to pay you know maybe forty five thousand fifty thousand dollars to be in this group yeah so it's weird you know I'm sitting there going well maybe one day I'll revisit this because I really never it's not my thing I stay very focused on finance but you know I was talking to a few different people and they'd be like oh yeah we would do that you know yeah yeah intimate small group with the author talking about what they mean just to really improve their game you know that would be a uh, powerful concept. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I'll never do it, but uh, you should do that. <laughs> I'll give you the money, but yeah, yeah. Know, it's one of those things where you, you know, it's just how do you get there if you don't ask? Yeah. And a great way, and maybe another great way to do it is to interview and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about this. What would what would you need for 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 this kind of group?" They'll yeah. tell you. Yeah, you know, but asking is the biggest problem. Guys won't sell well in my industry because they don't ask the people. To, yeah, yeah, they, they just they, and, and like, you know, and sometimes it's the confidence or it's the fear of failure. I mean, there's a ton of reasons that 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 could uh, be coming. From. The mindset is is number one. You're, you're right. Self, self talk, man. Yeah, you know, self talk. It's, it's the stuff that's going on in your own head. The story, the story they tell themselves. <laughs> building up or build. It's either building you up or beating you down, and. You know, you you want to you want to manage what's what's going on up here the best you can. And that's why I'm really loving this audible because I feel like I'm just in, in, in you know, I can choose what I'm going to inject into my brain yeah. versus letting the surrounding area of television and radio and all these marketing messages and and, and negativity and you know everything's fake and yeah. everything's this and everything's that and everything's bad. You know, and I, I don't want. I, that's not helping me. Yeah, you know? no. And, and and for me, that's one of the reasons why I, I just love, I'm passionate about podcasting because I get to feel the energy and be in the presence of really powerful people like yourself um, and, and, and people can share in that. I could talk to you for hours. We could learn from you all day. But I, I have to ask you, if people want to, and remember, my audience are, you know, usually coaches and consultants and advisors. Um, some of them are financial advisors. But if they want to get more of Matt Zagula in terms of, you know, your your body of knowledge, or maybe even learn about your, your book, um, 
where is the best place for people to actually go make that connection with you? Yeah, l- let me give you a couple suggestions because I, I don't know to your coaches. I think I could be helpful to them from the perspective of modeling. Mm-hmm. So if you were to look at the book as an angle, and it may, it may be worth buying the book, you know, yeah. and yeah. heck, if you hate it, you can always send it back and get money. From it. <laughs> but, um, if you go to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Smart Retirement book.com smart retirement book.com you can buy the book there you can see how i've modeled the website okay um i think that might be interesting and uh perhaps another way to do it um i'm thinking that's probably a really good start because they'll see how my marketing funnel kind of works and they'll see how soft it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's not hard. It's not hard at all. And then from there, you know, what I would suggest is instead of worrying and study about me, cause I, I'm really a byproduct of a bunch of other people mm-hmm. listening to this podcast is a powerful thing to do. It's a smart thing to do. Yep. You, know, you want to be around like-minded people so you don't lose your focus. Absolutely. I would read that essentialism book. Essentialism, I, would, yeah. I would find out a way to get in some reoccurring uh, conversation where you're getting something from Dan Kennedy mm. and I would get in a reoccurring situation where you're getting something from Frank Kern. I know they both have newsletters. I bet you if you added the two newsletters together, they would be less than $300 a year and then commit to setting your cell phone down um, every month when they come in and reading the darn things without, you know, your cell phone ringing, you checking your social media account Mm-hmm. And, and actually reading these things and even the old things. Yeah. You, you, hands on. I, I would, that's what I would do if you, I were them. You know, I, it's interesting how you, you mentioned, you know, Dan Kennedy and Frank Kern, so successful yet in such different ways. Right. And, and I, I can tell you that, you know, Matt, if you ever want to get in the, development business people development business and you write a book i'm gonna i'm gonna go buy that book because I, I i appreciate that I, I i'm just trying to develop myself into the best person i can yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I i'm qualified to help others oh well you know you're you're so humble but anyway in closing if you had one last nugget of advice to give uh, to share with the world something that you know really aligns with your own energy and you want to make sure people learn this particular thing, what would that be? You know, I, I think I'm going to share three things. Okay. Right? And it's a repeat of the things we've talked about. Number one, you have to have cl- a clear definition of what you're doing. And you've got to boil it down to the most common denominator. That's why I write those three things down every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I just literally write them down and I toss them aside. <laughs> and it, it's not that I'm throwing them away, man. I'm, I'm putting in my brain by handwriting. I'm looking at it, seeing it, thinking about it. It takes me about 30 seconds every day. Powerful advice. See people, they want to see me again. And when they see me, they want me to advise them. And then I look and I critically assess myself for the day. Did I do my job? Did I not, not do my job? Where did I miss? When step one to two, two to three, do I need to talk to Pat? Do I need to talk to Jeb? Who's going to help me be a better me, you know, and be, and, 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 and be real about my self-assessment, quantify my successes, quantify my losses. Don't blame anybody but myself. Mm. And if I make a mistake, improve. Uh, lastly, if I'm not sure why I've, I've failed, apologize. Yes. Ask them, you know, um, you know, I, I, somewhere along the way, I think I must have gone wrong here. In life, we don't get better unless we know the truth. Would you be so kind as to share with me what went wrong? Number one, it'll resurrect more business than you could ever imagine that you thought you should have get, gotten that you didn't. Amazing. And second, 
Sometimes people are going to say, this is exactly what you did wrong. And then you need to take that as inventory and be like, hey, you know, I, I need to improve this. So yes. those are the things that I think that um, if I were um, sharing, you know, to friends like, you know, your friend and to your friends here, mm-hmm. that's what I would do. You know, be, be real with your own uh, self-talk, be, be understanding that, you know, what you're really all about and then stay true to that north and be very simplistic in your definition of what your business is so that you can remind yourself all the time because you're wow. going to need it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. You know, Matt, <laughs> Matt, I just want to thank you so much. Um, um, it's been a privilege. I'm humbled. And I want to say continued success, Matt, in, in everything that you do. All right. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Ticket Clients Podcast. For more episodes and strategies, visit BigTicketClients.com. That's www.BigTicketClients.com. And remember, you can't catch a whale with a worm.